0: Good evening and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Tonight's episode is brought to you by the fine folks at Built Bar. A healthy, tasty, and soft alternative to the dry, desiccated husks of protein bars you're probably used to. If you're looking for a protein bar that's more like a candy bar without any of the guilt, head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. Tonight's episode is going to be covering a 2017 NHL entry redraft of sorts because I think this one is actually very hard for me to suggest changes. On the whole, I think the Jets actually did pretty well. But there may be one or two changes here and there that the Jets could have made, uh, although I don't know that it would actually improve them all that much, but we'll, we'll kind of revisit it and see what would happen if Winnipeg had made just a couple of different changes. In the first round at 24th overall, Winnipeg selected Christian Veselinan, and I really don't think that there are many ways the Jets could have actually gotten more value out of, the, out of this pick. I, I think that Veselinan is a very good prospect, and even though he has had some up-and-down moments with uh, the Manitoba Moose, On the whole, I have to be very happy with his development track. I I think that there are some issues with, um, like, his 5v5 play, for instance. He does kind of have a bit of a habit of occasionally disappearing and maybe not being as impressive as you'd want when you're trying to have him drive um, uh, even-strength offense. The thing with Christian, though, is that if you work on getting him to apply himself at a at a greater level at even strength and really get him to become something more than just a high-end scorer, he has all of the tools and skills to be a really good top six winger. Back in the day, I remember people kind of comparing him a little bit to, like, a sort of Finnish Blake Wheeler of sorts, in that he had a very powerful inside cut a nice booming shot, pretty good vision, solid skating, just a really good top 6 package all around. I tend to think that his star has dimmed a little bit, but that's not to say that he's like a bad player or anything, I just think that maybe people aren't as high on him as they were before. I would say that for my part, I think he's still going to be a very good second line winger, and I don't really have any qualms about this pick. If the Jets had taken somebody different, I could see an argument for two players, and one of them is even still kind of controversial. I think the first guy that the Jets could have taken instead was uh, center Morgan Frost. Frost, to put it lightly, is an unholy terror of offense, and every time I've watched this kid, he just seems to have a ton of magic in his stick. He's got great vision, a very nice shot, nice skating instincts, good offensive prowess, and when he is was in the AHL, I think he made the AHL All-Star team last season or this year. Dude is an offensive dynamo, and he absolutely tore it up uh, with the Sioux Greyhounds. So, I mean, this kid just seems to be a very gifted offensive package. He plays a premium position that the Jets don't have enough depth in, and he definitely has a, a talent trajectory that is of a high-end, first-round, you know, first-line kind of player. He is somebody who I think with time will be something special for the Flyers. Even with some less-than-stellar early results, he still managed seven points in his first 20 NHL games, and that was kind of bouncing around a little bit. He did eventually end up, I think, on Giroud's flank, but, you know, on on the whole, I think you have to be very happy with, you know, at 27th overall, getting somebody as good as Frost. And he is somebody who could potentially rival Veselinan. The other guy that has an argument that is kind of an interesting question is Ailey Tolvinen, And Ailey is another Finnish winger with an unbelievable shot, uh, a beautiful one-timer, and when he went to the KHL, he absolutely torched that league. When he came back to North America, Tolvenin was definitely not as good. The thing that I think people kind of struggle with is he's like a 20 or 21 year old now and Tolvanen absolutely torched a men's league with an unbelievable shot and some fantastic scoring numbers and then came back to the US and kind of disappointed. My take is that it's probably a bit premature to give up on him. Maybe something's going on with how Milwaukee is developing prospects. Maybe he's just having trouble acclimating back in North America. He was drafted out of the USHL from Sioux City, so I I know that he is accustomed to like North American ice. Maybe he's just going through a bit of a rough patch or had some issue that kind of prevented him from being the best version of himself that he can be. Either way, I think that given his numbers in the KHL, however brief that stay was, I really don't think that you can count him out as a top-end prospect. I I do think that he was an option for the Jets if they passed on Veselainen, but maybe Veselainen is a little bit more of a consistent performer, so again, I think this is like a matter of preference. I think that in all fairness, they actually have a number of different similar traits. Tolvanen might be a better pure skater, but Veselainen is a potent force in and of himself, and even when he's not really having a major impact at even strength, he's still capable of creating a lot out of a little. Both players definitely have some cosmetic issues, but on the whole, I think that if you are, you know, choosing between Tolvanen, Frost, and Veselainen, the only one who would really replace Veselainen, in my opinion, is probably Frost, and that's like a real hard maybe, and I think that that same kind of logic probably applies to Winnipeg's second pick at number 43 overall, Dylan Samberg. At the time, Sandberg was thought to be taken a bit too highly because he was still fairly raw. He came out of a program that people weren't really familiar with because he came out of a Minnesota high school, which Minnesota high schools are very competitive, but generally speaking, I don't think that they're that heavily scouted because the, the quality of competition is kind of hard to gauge. Fast forward a few seasons, though, and Sandberg looks like a fantastic top four defenseman and very much somebody who is going to be a key player for this team going forward. The only other guy who maybe has a shot at being a better pick here would be Josh Brooke from Montreal. Brooke is a really gifted attacking defenseman and somebody who has I think a lot of uh, a lot of zone entry and zone transition skill. great skater, very good offensive instincts, nice vision um, and a little bit different than Sandberg. Sandberg is like a big kid man. And in some ways, I kind of wonder if Sandberg, stylistically speaking, fits the Jets more. He's the kind of guy who, if you watch him, Maurice would love this kind of player. But the thing is, Sandberg is not only a Maurice player, he's actually good at what he does. And he's been very offensively prolific for the University of Minnesota. I don't think you could really go wrong here. Um, I think it's kind of going to come down to which player you'd prefer, stylistically speaking. I personally do like Brook a lot, and I think that he is a fantastic, potentially top-pairing player, but I don't think you can be upset with uh, the progress and skill that Sandberg has shown. When he was drafted, people noted that he had all of the raw tools to become an absolute monster of a D-man, and thus far, Sandberg looks like he's getting closer to being that. He's already committed to signing with the Jets, which was, in my opinion, a huge win, especially for a college kid who had a chance to go as a free agent that he upheld his commitment to the Jets and has signed you know for next season for me is just an awesome transition and i think that this is going to be somebody who the Jets rely on for a long time doesn't help that he's really funny when he gives his interviews. Speaking of things that I very much like that pack a ton of value, I've talked about Bilt Bar a little bit at the beginning of this podcast, but thought I'd go into a little bit more detail about why I think that they're one of the best protein bars that you can pick up. For one thing, Bilt Bars are actually soft and chewy, more like a candy bar that you're probably used to from like a Snickers or something. They also have a wide variety of flavors, so if you also have things like a nut allergy, they've got flavors that are actually allergen-free. My personal recommendations include the mint chocolate and the raspberry dark chocolate, both of which I think are great, but you can pretty much choose anything you want, including banana nut bread and a couple of others that they've got on hand. They not only taste great, they're great for you. Most of them have around 120 to 150 calories, maybe 4 grams or 5 grams of fat, and 30% of your daily protein intake. That's really good if you're looking for something that's really balanced, has a nice calorie count, and provides you a huge protein punch. If you're interested in giving them a shot, head on over to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. As we get deeper into the 2017 NHL draft, Winnipeg had a number of options to choose from. In the first round, you know, I think Winnipeg actually did pretty okay in rounds 1 and 2. The third round, they picked Jonathan Kovacevic at 74th overall. And actually, I think that this is another really good pick. It's it's really hard to fault any of the choices that Winnipeg made, and I feel like here you're starting to see the Jets actually picking guys who are, I think in my opinion, great players, great prospects, and guys with actual NHL futures, rather than just players who fit a certain kind of type that they want to draft. Now, all of that said, there were actually a few more options for the Jets to choose from in terms of players that they could have drafted, and I feel like even though Kovacevic for me is a great defenseman and somebody who I think has you know, third pairing, maybe even fringe second pairing talent, there are a couple of guys that the Jets might have had a shot at. I think one of them they could have taken was uh, Ivan Ladnia from the Erie Otters. Ladnia is kind of a smaller, very talented winger, and I think that he has a lot of offensive potential. Somebody described him as, I think, like a Thomas Tatar type of player. People kind of forgot about him a little bit, and his offensive totals over the past couple of seasons haven't been nearly as good as they were when he was with... uh, Eerie. And I mean, like relative to what you'd expect him to be doing. You know, he's been over a point per game with Niagara, but he's also 20 years old, right? So you kind of expect a little bit more growth from him. I think that Laudnia, though, still has a very nice potential. And I think that he slots in as probably like a second or third liner. This being Minnesota, though, he would probably slot in higher at some point just because he has the kind of greasy goal-scoring ability that a lot of teams, especially the Wild who are starved of offense, could probably use to boost their offensive output. He's not small-small, but he is like a, not exactly like the biggest guy, and I feel like his goal-scoring ability and his playmaking ability, especially in tight spaces, would be very handy. Aside from Lodnia, you probably could have had some kind of arguments for both Evan Barrett and David Ference. Ference is a weird guy. I think he's played, like, multiple positions for uh, Boston University. I know that he was drafted as a defenseman for Nashville, but I think he has actually, like, played as a winger or something. Uh, And that's that's kind of interesting because you don't really see many players who go from a a back-end player to a front-line player. From what I recall, Ference has been doing pretty well for Boston University, even though that team is not that good. And he's kind of an interesting, versatile player, somebody that maybe the Jets wouldn't have minded having the ability to, to move in and out of the lineup and kind of rotate him around different positions, although I'm sure that he would have been used as a defenseman primarily. Evan Barrett is another center, I think, uh, with probably bottom six upside, maybe third liner. Um, Barrett has been a key catalyst for the Penn State ice hockey team, and he's a very interesting player. He's he's a big kid. And uh, he does have, from what I've actually seen in person, a pretty dominating presence. He's very strong on the puck. He's a big dude, towers over other players. I'd be curious to know how his game kind of translates at the NHL level. I do think that he'll probably push for a spot in Chicago pretty soon. His points totals kind of took a bit of a dive this year, but I feel like, again, he does have the physical tools to be an imposing presence in Chicago's bottom six, and every college guy that they seem to draft always has an impact at the NHL level. Beyond that, there's like Jack Rathbone, who looks like a pretty good prospect for Vancouver, another high school kid drafted in, and he's been playing for Harvard at one point alongside Adam Fox. On his own, he looks to be a pretty good defenseman. I think he's been impressing in the training camps that they've had, so... You know, all in all, you've had actually a decent amount of choices. The last guy that would have been interesting is Mikey Anderson from uh, the Los Angeles Kings. And Anderson, I think his brother is Joey, um, but Mikey is a defenseman. And from what we saw in the uh, Ontario Reign, Mikey has a pretty potent offensive force. I'm pretty sure he was on the same team as Sandberg, and he definitely has like a, a bit of a grittier edge, but he's also very gifted offensively, and I think he put up quite a few points for the Ontario Reign. Looks like 15 in his first season, which is actually not bad for your first pro season coming right out of college. Mikey, I think, is somebody who has a very high work ethic, and that's something that a lot of coaches appreciate. Maybe he doesn't uh, have quite as high of an upside as Kovacevic. I really can't say. I think Kovacevic is a very talented player, and he has all of the tools to be a good top six defenseman. But, you know, you could argue that some of these other guys, maybe like Ivan Ladnia or Evan Barrett, even... Uh, on the outside chance, somebody like Jack Bedini from Anaheim System, all of those guys could have been a sensible pick. Now, this next pick is where things start to get a little bit interesting. At 105th overall, Winnipeg chose Santeri Vertanen, and Vertanen is another kind of workman-like, pretty good two-way center from Finland, another one of the Finnish brigade that Winnipeg seems to love drafting. All in all, pretty good prospect. His development, though, hasn't been nearly as uh, prolific as I think Winnipeg was hoping, and I feel like he has very good tools, but you know, for one thing, he couldn't really get a whole lot of ice time with Dubuque, and since he's gone over to Liga, his points totals really haven't been there. Maybe because they're not playing younger guys, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like he has a huge offensive pop. In his stead, Winnipeg could have drafted Drake Batherson, and Batherson looks like a much more prolific offensive center. Uh, or actually, I guess he was drafted as a winger but uh Batherson is very talented he's been a very good player for the sens already has 19 points in 43 games and you know on a sens team that's been starved of offense to have a a pretty decent scoring rate on that team is especially rare he seems like he's got very good tool sets a, a nice little stick handling ability uh, good ability to read spatial awareness and, and be able to attack, especially in the offensive zone. He's got very solid skating, nice uh, nice shooting ability, so I, I think that he's a very good package for like a top six player or a middle six player, like a high-end middle six guy if you have him on like your third line. My guess, though, is that he'll probably be a mainstay on uh, Ottawa's top six for a while, especially with the lack of offensive talent that they have right now. Winnipeg's next pick ended up being 136 overall and they got Leon Gavonke and I feel like as far as picks go I really can't suggest that there's a better choice here the only other guy that the Jets might have had some kind of a shot at if they really felt like it was like Sebastian Ajo Ajo is one of those guys who has been passed over a couple of times in different drafts and only recently had the ability to crack an NHL lineup I believe with uh, the Islanders now Aho is interesting because he is a very prolific offensive defenseman, especially when he was with, uh, Shaleftia in, in Sweden. But as far as being able to be, you know, seen as a top six defenseman, he had a difficult time proving himself. I think because he's a smaller guy and people were a little bit sketchy on his, I don't know, his on ice performance or something. It's sort of funny because the Finnish Aho and he, uh, used to play together and they were actually, um, you know, I would say that, uh, not not with each other per se, but like against each other during these U18 tournaments and whatever. And the Swedish Aho was very talented, but again, I think that people saw him as like an undersized defenseman, and they weren't willing to take a chance on him. That's obviously been something of a mistake because at the uh, lower AHL levels, he's been pretty productive, and at the, eight, or at the NHL level, he's looked like a pretty solid top four defenseman. The only trouble is he just hasn't had much of a chance to show it. Now, the reason I still think Gavanki makes more sense here is because Gavanki, I think, has the potential to have a top-four upside, maybe even high-end second pairing, and he's like a really offensively gifted blue liner. For a while, the thing with Gavanki was that he was very high event in both ends of the ice, which means that, you know, while he could create a lot, he also had a, a nasty habit of maybe going a little bit AWOL on some of his defensive reads. His AHL performance has seen him round out a lot of his rougher spots, and he's still having a very productive year for the Manitoba Moose. Gavanki looks like a legitimate prospect, and somebody who could actually crack this lineup sooner rather than later. He's also German, and we actually don't have that many German NHLers until the past couple of seasons. We've started to see more and more of these prospects coming from overseas. Leon is definitely very interesting and somebody who I want to keep a close eye on because I think that he has the potential to really anchor our second pairing alongside somebody like Sandberg. Winnipeg has a couple more picks here, and at 167th overall, they drafted goalie Arvid Holm. Holm's one of those guys who I don't really know that much about. Other than that, at first, he seemingly had um, a number of issues in his development track before he kind of stabilized. I think he's playing in one of the higher Swedish leagues now. Supposedly, his form and technique improved significantly between this year and last year, which is very good news. Uh, Again, he's another goalie, so I don't really know if he'll end up coming overseas at some point and backing up for the Moose or something like that. With how little I know about his actual performance, I'm kind of forced to kind of dig around and see if there's somebody I might prefer to take here, and I think that for me, the easy answer would probably have to be Sasha Shemilevsky. Alex has been a very interesting prospect from the Sarnia Sting. I believe he's an American player, too and he was drafted by San Jose and San Jose definitely knows offensive talents because they continue to draft them even with a very i would say talent poor system right now mostly cuz they keep you know trading them for uh blue line help or, or i i should say trade deadline help but Shemilevsky would be a very interesting top 6 prospect i think his his realistic ceiling is probably third liner but he does have a really gifted offensive touch very good skating great shot i th- i think there's a lot of different parts of his game that could suggest top-six talent. I think at one point his work ethic was kind of questioned, but for the most part, you know, I don't think that there's a whole lot that the Jets or, you know, a, a team like San Jose would really walk away from. He's very much shown that he's a gifted player, and his early returns with the San Jose, or actually, this I guess the Sharks affiliate, the, uh, the Barracuda, have all been very good. I would have loved to have had him in this system, especially with Winnipeg's lack of really high-end uh, and offensively gifted centers. As far as the remaining picks go, Winnipeg ended up getting Skylar McKenzie and, and Coy Evingson from the last couple of picks. I don't think that there's anything really wrong with these picks. Um, Evingson might not make the NHL at any point or even turn pro. He's kind of had an up-and-down uh, career for the most part, but, you know, it is what it is. He's uh, almost the last of the you know, NHL pick uh, as far as this draft is concerned, and Skylar McKenzie looks to be like a solid fourth-liner, Some offensive spark to his game, maybe like another Nick Patan situation. Evingson would have been very interesting if he was able to pan out and become a pro at some point because he has like a ton of tools that made him at least appear in some respects like a potential Colton Pareko 2.0. Of course, that part hasn't really panned out yet, but maybe down the road he kind of becomes a free agent that somebody picks up if he doesn't sign with the Jets. McKenzie's been pretty solid for the Moose and is somebody that I think if the Jets called up, they'd be happy to have him on their fourth line as a uh, a more offensively minded attacking depth player. Considering both were seventh round punts and who was left on the board, I think he can be pretty happy with that overall. That's going to wrap our 2017 NHL redraft coverage. I think that you guys can tell that for the most part, Winnipeg did very well. We'll cover 2018 next to see if the Jets really could have done anything differently. I think that these are starting to be the drafts where Winnipeg doesn't have as many draft picks to use, but that doesn't mean that they still can't get some really intriguing talent at the places where they drafted, especially in retrospect. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Before you log off, be sure to head on over to our Locked On NHL National Show, hosted by Sarah Avampado. Give it a listen. Hope you guys enjoy it. Be sure to like and subscribe as always. Have a great night and go Jets go!